Welcome to the cam-university.com podcast practicum. This show is brought to you by cam-university.com, your number one leader in education for all community association managers. Today's show is also brought to you by Jack Real Estate Services, home of the 1% listing fee. Save thousands when selling your home with our 1% listing fee. So let's get started. Your host for the show, Jason Ekman from Jack Real Estate Services and Lynn Sadowski from cam-university.com. Hey, CAMU listeners, this is Jason Ekman, your co-host. I'm breaking in here to let you know that what you are hearing next in this episode of the CAMU Podcast Practicum will be in the form of a Zoom call. As CAMU expands and does different events in different markets outside of Orlando, that's where Lynn and I are located, we end up with different vendors, and it can be difficult to get everyone into one location for recording. So today is a Zoom conversation. You won't need to adjust anything on your end, but the sound quality may sound different. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the CAMUniversity.com podcast practicum. My name is Jason Ekman from Jack Real Estate Services, and I'm your co-host. Our goal of the show is to bring you topics that are centered in and around community association management. Also with me is the chancellor of cam-university.com and my co-host for the show, Lynn Sadowski. Our show today is about commercial painting, and we got a little bit of pressure washing to throw in. And to give us all the information we need to have success, we have our special guest this week, who is Nicole Tenderholt. She is with Lowe's Commercial Painting. Nicole, are you there? I am. Hi, Jason. How's it going? Hey, the Zoom stuff works, people. We love it. Nicole, <laughs> uh, if you could just give me a little bit of uh, background about, you know, you, yourself or the company, and then, you know, we'll, we'll just kind of start taking it from there. Sure. So I'm Nicole. Like Jason said, I am one of the four owners of Lowe's Commercial Painting. Created our company back in 2000. Um, it's a family owned and operated. It's myself, my husband, my brother-in-law, and my father-in-law. We've been here for 22 years, um, so we've been servicing Tampa Bay for a long time, done thousands of projects, have all of our own employees on our own staff, which makes us a little bit different than um, a lot of other companies in the area, but really just have that family culture, family hands-on approach um, through the whole you know, company. So I'm just happy to be here, and, and Tampa's been good to us. Yeah, I bet. We, lo- we love coming over to Tampa. Uh, is there a question that you always, you know, when you're, when you're going out, you're meeting with potential clients or you're meeting with people, is there something that kind of always comes up in your business about what you do? Can you, can you pinpoint anything? Well, there's two. First of all, everybody thinks we're part of Lowe's home improvement and we're not. So that's usually the first one is we're Lowe's, but not the Lowe's that you think we are. So that's usually the first one. But the second one is, I guess people are really surprised that we do pressure washing separate. Like, I guess, they are aware that we do it when we're doing their building, but it's also a service that's offered standalone in between paint cycles and for other type of maintenance items on their building. So um, I think that that's usually a surprise along with that that misconception. So, Absolutely. Now, when you're talking about these projects, and I guess on the pressure washing side, uh, is there a certain parameter of size that you guys either, uh, it's too big for you or too small for you? You know what I mean? Is, is there something you're like, oh, that's just not what we do? Uh, just so people know, you know, when we're talking based on size or is it based on, are there other criteria that, that you guys have internally, how you kind of go after projects? 
I don't, I don't think there really is. I mean, we'll kind of look at anything and, um, you know, over the 22 years, we've got some great partnerships. So even if it is something that's too small or maybe we can't meet a budget or a time restriction on a project, then we sometimes have somebody to hand it off to. But I think that's the beauty of us having our own employees and being family owned and operated and being hands-on as we can manipulate that stuff daily. So we're able to accommodate the work orders that are little, you know, sometimes it comes down to just a day charge or a trip charge, depending on where it's located. It's a small, thing, but we're pretty all the cart and able to work pretty much with everybody to try to come up with a solution, whether it's us directly or are given a referral of some sort. But we pretty much do everything. If it's just maintenance, if it's time and material work orders, you know, if there's damage from storms, um, I mean, there's there's really nothing that we won't do outside of uh, new construction. We don't do any new construction. And when it gets into some engineering um, type of stuff, sometimes we will have to partner with the GC to do that. But other than that, pretty much the normal normal, you know, day in and day out maintenance of the buildings, we can pretty much handle everything. All right. That's good to know. I guess I got a follow-up question, Matt, because in, in previous shows for our listeners out there, we've talked a lot about requests for proposals and things like that. Cause you know, a, a lot of these are community association managements or they have all that kind of stuff. Uh, do you guys help CAMS, you know, put those things together when it comes to working with you or, you know, on the budgetary side, just you know, so they have a little bit of guidance, because obviously, if, you, if you've been doing this 22 years, you guys have a lot of experience with, you know, dealing with those and, and just kind of the best way to go about it. Yeah, we can absolutely do that, especially if it's just kind of starting from scratch and getting a scope put together, or like you said, for budgetary purposes, where they don't need to go through all the in and out details of the final project. Partner with a lot of paint manufacturers in the area, so they'll help put together a very specific scope um, that comes with the warranty when they're ready to actually pull the trigger and hire a contractor. But other than that, we can go out. We know what's worked and what's failed over the years on different substrates and with different products. So, you know, by us, visually looking at the projects and having boots on the ground, we can give recommendations just on best practices of what's been the best and most successful for us over the year. So great. Lynn, did you have a question? Nicole, um, so so with the um, community association projects that you work on, how often do these condominiums, I mean, you know, we live in the state of Florida. We've got beating down sun. We get hurricanes. Um, I would, I, I guess this is a two-part question. Is part of what you do like waterproofing? And I guess that really depends on the paint that they choose. But the the second question is more, how often do, do you recommend that these associations repaint their, their buildings? So pretty standard for the industry is seven years because of Florida and all the elements that we deal with, right? The sea, the salt, the sun. That's that's pretty standard. There are some products that are some upper end products that will offer a 10. Sometimes you can get a manufacturer that will offer a 12 or 15. Um, sometimes that's a slippery slope because even though the paint might be performing the way that it's supposed to technically, aesthetically, it might not look very appealing. And then you got a couple of years of your building being protected, but maybe not looking the best. There is instances where those products are perfect. So it kind of goes back to what Jason was saying. There's there's some products that are meant for that and we can give that warranty for that. But um, you know, one difference for us, um, and to keep in mind really with any contractor is we mirror the material warranty with a labor warranty where some other companies might only give a one or two year labor. Uh, we know that if we feel confident in the product and we apply it and prep the substrate right that our our labor should last just as long so sometimes on these 12 and 15 year warranties because it is such a long period of time if we don't feel comfortable with it that paint performing for that long we're not gonna we're not gonna back it so 
usually seven to 10 long story, you know, long answer short um, would be your standard that the, that's what they should be budgeting for. You know, if it's, if their building's in good shape and it's performing well and they can get an extra year or two out of it, then that's just great. But they should definitely be budgeting for that seven to 10 year mark um, to be successful, you know, every single time and keep their buildings looking good. And then for your second question, I know you asked about the waterproofing and I always kind of giggle inside when I hear it because it's such a, broad spectrum of what's included. Really, there's a lot of different types of companies that do waterproofing. So it really depends on what you're talking about. Um, And again, comes down to looking at the scope because waterproofing could be as simple as painting your building and caulking the windows because that's technically, you know, protecting your building against the water getting in, which is by definition what waterproofing is. But then you can get into some of these higher end products where you need membranes and multiple layers and, you know, stuff that can be below grade or be underwater, you know, so it just kind of depends on what they're looking at um, if it it's under the waterproofing umbrella but there it's a very wide wide spectrum that's underneath that term so okay thank you Cole does the pressure washing come into play with that as well like you say seven to ten years and let's say yes. we initially paint it let's let's just say it's this year you know we're doing it now it, is the pressure washing to come in and clean the building going to be is it you know the the two-year mark the four-year mark the six-year mark is there a, a, a way to do that or is it just hey you know what this is kind of getting a little bit dirty and we, we need to pressure wash. So ideally it's mid cycle. So if you're going to go with a seven year, you're going to want to come in on year three or four. If it's a 10 year, you're going to want to come in on five and that's going to be the bare minimum. Um, You have to be careful that you're not over washing it as well, because obviously every time you wash your building, especially if it's going to be at a high pressure, you're taking some of that film of that paint off, which is what that millage is what's protecting your building. So if you are going to rinse it um, or wash it more often than that, we recommend just doing a light rinse really just to kind of get the debris and the dirt off of it. Because what most people also don't understand is that when you get mold and algae on your building, it's not actually sticking to the paint, it's sticking to the dirt that's on the paint. So if you can rinse it off lightly with just a garden hose, you know, to get that off, you're going to help prevent some of that stuff versus pressure washing it once a year at a high pressure, you're really being more detrimental to your protection that's on your building than you are being helpful at that point. So the maintenance part of the pressure washing, I would say mid-cycle, depending on whatever term of the paint is that you get. And some manufacturers have small print in their warranties that may require different than that. So I have a follow-up. I have a follow-up question uh, regarding pressure washing with my my, um, experience and background in roofing. I know that uh, I've seen people out there pressure washing their roof to avoid getting the algae on it or to remove algae. And there's so much danger in that because all of those little, especially, you know, with shingles, you know, all those little tiny pebbles that they call granules that are on the shingles can be washed away. And that helps protect the, the it helps protect the roof. The quicker those go away, the, the, lo- the shorter duration your roof is going to last. So I know some painting company or pressure washing companies or painting that do pressure washing do offer products and pressure washing for roofs. But again, coming from the roofing industry, I know that if you don't have experience in it and and like you were talking about, you know, you don't want to wear that off. Is that something you guys do or specialize in? Or can do yep. something you stay yep. away from. We can do. No, it, it kind of, again, it, you know, it's 
it's hard, probably just like a roof or any other industry that has a specialty product is, you know, it's, I wish I could say it's the same for every building out there, but it really does come down to each building, right? It's going to depend on what kind of roof it is. When's the last time it was done? Have you painted that roof? You know, all that kind of stuff. There, there are a lot of different systems where you can, again, just do a rinse, um, whether you're up on the roof or there's a lot of no rinse systems that have a solution in it that you just spray up that kind of then roll off the roof and kind of collect the stuff with it as it goes so that you're not, like you said, using a pressure washer and spraying those granules off. There's, it really, again, just kind of depends what is on the roof, what, what finish is already on that, what kind of substrate it is, but there, there's a lot of different options. It definitely isn't a one size, you know, one size fits all when it comes to that kind of stuff that there, there is options. So I guess the, the moral of the story is if you have a contractor that's saying, nope, this is the only way it is. And this is how it gets done every time, then, you know, maybe explore some different contractors because there is a lot of options for every part of maintaining the envelope of the building, whether it's the roof or the, the stucco. Okay. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Now, and I, and I know you say commercial painting, but I would assume because uh, this is personal experience, I painted my house in 2017. So I'm wondering, does that apply for basically uh, residential as well? Kind of the same factor? <laughs> It really does, especially in Florida. Again, you can probably get a, a little bit more usage and life out of your paint on a residential because obviously it's a lot less traffic, right? You don't have as many people living there, as many cars living there, depending on where it's located. You know, you're going to maintain your house a little bit different and more often than you would maybe, you know, an eight-story condo building just because of access reasons. Um, so it really does. I mean, that 10-year mark, especially for houses, I would say is, is more applicable than the seven because um, you can probably get get more closer to the 10 and on um, we're learning about that too we opened up a residential division last year so we're we got two different animals running um at the same time but it, you know it's all kind of the same it's all it's all about substrates and preparation and product when it comes down to it nice well this might be the year i uh wash the house thing because i'm at the five-year month so we'll have to figure <laughs> there that you one go. out <laughs> just rinse it with the hose nothing crazy right. another, <laughs> another thing on the another thing on the to-do list lynn for there you go Tell your wife that she's welcome. <laughs> Wonderful. All right. Well, let's keep uh, going here. Um, Nicole, what else is there, I guess, that that people don't really think of? You know, you're going out to meet with them, you know, and, and paint is paint. But is there anything that people really forget to take into account, you know, with this that you want to make sure that people are aware of and, you know, either like get across or just something that people just don't think about at all when it comes to this? Can, does anything come to mind? Yeah, I think the biggest things that number one are either misconceptions, unknown, or maybe underestimated as far as how much time um, is kind of going back, making sure that you have a budget, right? And that if you put your budget together years ago, we all know inflation over the last couple of years, you know, make sure if you're a year or two out from when you think you're due for painting, have a contractor come out, walk the building, you know, check it. See, we, we have tools and resources to see how much life is left on your paint just by checking how much millage is left on your building. And then, you know, a year or two out, if you're going to be able to push it to that date, if you're going to get more time, less time to kind of make sure you're taking care of that building. The other part is, you know, some of these communities consider doing color changes. And for anybody that's been through that process, know that it's kind of like an act of Congress. You know, there's a lot of rules that are around it and it, you know, it can take up to a year sometimes, depending on the size of the property to get through all of the steps if you're going to change the color of your condo building, especially if it's a large property. So again, at that one to two year mark of when you think you're going to have to be due again, start talking about those conversations, maybe put a paint committee together, you know, form a team of people that can kind of work on that 
And then as you get closer to awarding that project and you're getting bids, you know, making sure you have that specification from manufacturer. So you're getting Apple to Apple's bids and making sure the right products are being spec'd because a lot of people, especially that are from up north that have moved here, don't see the importance of sealer because it's not something that's necessary up north. But when you get down here and you have all the chalking on the stucco from the salt and the sun, um, it's a it's a vital step in having a successful paint job and not have failure and peeling paint because you have to get that chalk bound by that chalk binding sealer that goes on and that's what the paint is actually sticking to. So that's probably one of the bigger things. People think they can skip that step and cut corners and save a little bit of money and it, it causes nightmares for everybody. So it's, it's something to definitely make sure is part of your painting project in Florida. I have a question for you, Nicole. Thank you for sharing that. But it made me think, I don't know why it made me think of this. And I don't know if this is a question for more of the paint manufacturer or something that since you do have so much experience that you would know, but you were talking about changing colors. Are there certain colors? Because I notice I go in some neighborhoods and the homes just fade so quickly because of the sun and the intense sun here in Florida. Are there certain colors that seem to stay more vibrant longer than other colors? And, or is this a question you can answer? Or should I be asking our folks at Bear Paint? I can, I can answer it to the knowledge of what we've experienced over the years and kind of what we've done in our partnership with Bear and our other manufacturers that we use. So sometimes you see those, those are newer communities and they have not been through a first repaint cycle. It's probably the original paint. Maybe it's a new construction, um, which is a lower, it's the lowest grade paint that you can get as the new construction paint. You usually only get about five years out of it. So that's another thing for newer communities to think about that on that first repaint that they do, it's a, it's a very important repaint that gets done sooner because that paint is not made to hold up to seven years. So some of those communities have budgeted for seven and have a five-year paint. And so they do, they aesthetically don't look good for a couple of years because that's what the builders put on. Other times it comes down to color choices. Um, if you are going to do a color change, we always recommend sticking to the stock colors in the fan decks from any manufacturer, because those are colors that come from the factory and are pigmented into the paint versus if you start customizing and saying, well, I like this color, but I want it a little bit lighter. Or I want to mix these two colors. Now you are at a local store level pumping pigment, you know, artificial pigmentation into the paint, and that's going to fade way faster than what comes from a chalk resin at the factory. So, you know, and darker colors, obviously, not only do they heat up faster, which is not ideal for Florida, especially if you have hardy board or something vinyl that could warp even from getting hot. Um, it's just not ideal to have the darker colors. They're going to fade faster. They do get hotter. If it's on metal, you're going to have blistering. So trying to stay with more neutral lighter colors but if you're really set on a dark color just make sure you stick with the factory one that is going to come with that different pigment in it okay i didn't know that no it's good to know absolutely well nicole is there uh anything that lynn and i should have asked you but we didn't i mean i'm not going to sit here and tell you that i'm an expert at commercial painting because i am not <laughs> so there's i'm sure there's a lot of information we could cover today and, and get really in depth but just for this podcast is there Anything that we should have asked you, but we didn't? Nope. I think those are pretty much the basics. And I think what applies to us applies to most service industries, whether it's roofing, painting, you know, landscaping is, you know, get to know your vendors. I think that um, the more questions you ask, the more comfortable you feel with the people that are going to be doing the work on your building. It makes it smoother for everybody. We love being a resource. We love educating. We love coming out. Even if it's a plan B, we call the plan B operation to come out and just give you a second opinion. You know, sometimes we're going to tell you the same exact thing that somebody else 
else is. But if you just don't feel comfortable or don't feel like you're getting the answers you need, you know, ask more questions. And I, my own opinion is if you have a vendor that's not willing to answer questions and they're probably not the right vendor, cause that's what you're paying for is that, that service and that resource. So I would just say, make sure you feel comfortable with your vendors, ask, as many questions as you can and feel comfortable. It's a big expense and it's going to be there for seven years and nobody wants headaches and we all want it to go smooth. So, well, I know you're in the, in the Tampa Metro area over there. We have people that listen to this podcast from all over Florida and all over the country for that matter. But is there a, an area you guys stick to if, if to do work, if people want to, to reach out to you and we'll have you give your contact info next, but just so they have an idea of, of your area that you guys can work in. Sure. I mean, we service the whole state of Florida. Um, We've done projects throughout the whole state of Florida over 22 years. Obviously, the Tampa Bay area, the 100 mile radius, you know, down the center, you know, the center belt of Florida, of Orlando, Tampa, St. Pete, Sarasota is where we end up the most just because, again, we have our employees. So the cost of, you know, traveling and per diem and everything that we have to pay sometimes outweighs some of the local contractors in that area. But we are licensed to service the whole state and we'll, we'll look at anything, you know, within reason that makes sense for both parties um, for us to go do. Um, so there's, as long as it's in Florida, we can help out. That's that's good to know. Well, why don't you go ahead and then give people uh, your information, how they can uh, contact you if they need your services. Sure. Um, so you can always call our main office. It's 727-742-1492. One of the ladies in the office can always help. Um, you can also call my direct cell phone, which is 727 418 3070. Uh, you can call or text that number as well as email at info at lowescommercialpainting.com as well. All right. Well, for Nicole from Lowe's Commercial Painting, for Lynn from cam-university.com. Again, my name is Jason Eckman from Jack Real Estate Services. That's all we have for you this week. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast service so you know when new shows are available. And remember, don't just listen to this information, listen to it and get out there and use it. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the show. If this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you're listening to this and rate and review us. Also, be sure to subscribe so you're notified when we release another show. All of those things help us to build this community, and that's what we're all about. To grow this as big as we can and get more people involved, to help people, and to bring as much value as possible. You guys rating, reviewing, and subscribing really helps with that. To contact us, drop us an email at info at cam-university.com. That is info at cam-university.com, or you can leave us a message at 407-430-6109. You can also reach us on our Facebook page. Just search CAM University. If you're looking for events or vendors, go to cam-university.com. And remember, don't just listen to this information, listen to it, and then get out there and use it. Have a great day.